Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Lord Jesus, God, that is our heart's cry, that we would have nothing else but you. Nothing else but you, Jesus. The scripture um, that was coming to my mind this morning in worship, which I forgot my Bible. Can you hand me my Bible real fast? Sorry. It's Isaiah 42. Thank you. Isaiah 42, verse 4. Talking about Jesus, it says, He will not grow faint or be discouraged until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. And in the midst of our faith and in the midst of our lives, we become easily discouraged at maybe the things we're not getting, at the breakthroughs we're not seeing, at the healings we're not seeing, at the circumstances of our life, the job we lost, the relationship that's going difficult. But I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage us this morning that our leader, our supreme leader over all the nations of the earth does not get discouraged ever. And there's a lot of work left to be done in our individual lives, in this church family, in this city, in our nation, in the nations of the earth. But Jesus does not get discouraged ever. Praise God, we have a leader that constantly knows exactly what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. He knows how he's doing it. And he will bring forth victory in all of the nations of the earth. We can be assured of this. So I just want to encourage us today that our leader, our Lord, our King, our Savior, he does not get discouraged. So if you feel discouraged today, begin to look up to him and say, you're not discouraged. You have a plan. Maybe I don't see it. Maybe I don't understand it, but you have a plan and you're bringing it forth in perfection. And that's why as we sing, I don't want anything else but Jesus. I can't, I can't cling to anything else but Jesus because he's the one with the plan and he's the one with the understanding and the wisdom and the power to bring it forth. So if there's a place in your heart today that feels discouraged, let's, let's bring it to him and say, God, you're not discouraged. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you with this situation. I'm gonna trust you with this person. I'm gonna trust you with this job whatever it is, because he's not discouraged. He has a plan and he will bring it forth for all of the nations of the earth. It's not just for our own individual lives or our nation, it's for all of the nations. He is so wise that he can do that. So we can worship him in that. So God, I thank you today. Lord, this declaration, you are not discouraged. You're not upset. Nothing surprises you. Nothing catches you off guard. God, you take the things in our life. You take the things in the nations and you say, okay, I have a plan. Will you trust me? Your word says that even in the next chapter in Isaiah, that, that we will walk through the fire and through the water, but you will be with us. You'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us. So I thank you for these promises today, God. And we just declare as a family, God, we want nothing else but you, Jesus. So God, let us cling to you today. God, let us draw encouragement and strength from you today. Our gracious and powerful and perfect leader, we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Grab your Bibles 
and uh, turn to uh, Proverbs and uh, chapter 3. We're going to talk about uh, godly wisdom. And last Sunday morning, uh, the Lord had me uh, preach out of uh, David's testimony. And so we talked about that where David said, by my God, I can run through a troop. In other words, by my God, I can get through whatever I'm, whatever's in front of me. I'm going to make it through this thing. And then he said, by my God, I can leap over a wall. So just a review, not only can God take you through something and get you through something, but as you get through it on the other side, he will empower you to leap over whatever walls were established. In other words, he doesn't only want us to get through something, he wants us to be completely healed and whole, right, on the, on the other side of it, to leap over those walls that were established. And so um, I'm kind of coming off of that, but this is what I want us to maybe look at. When David um, operated in his own wisdom, when he operated in his own wisdom, when you go through and you study the life of David, you see this, that as he did that, and, and uh, again, out of his own wisdom, it built, it built walls. It built walls that, that confined him, but um, when he operated in obedience to God's wisdom, to godly wisdom, it empowered him to leap over those walls and to keep moving forward. And so this is kind of what God has on my heart is looking at our natural wisdom and godly wisdom. And, you know, again, last Sunday, I felt like the Lord, it was just so good. I know I, I it really helped me. God strengthened me through that word. And, uh, but how I mean, you know, a lot of times he can get you through something and get you over something, but we, a lot of times end up right back what he got us through and got us over whenever we go back to living in worldly wisdom, in our own wisdom, in our own understanding. And so I feel like God's taken us to a place and wants us to move forward in a way, each and every one of us in our lives. And, you know, for these young people, no matter where you're at, operating in the wisdom of God is just so important. So talking about godly wisdom this morning and uh, the relevance of God's wisdom in our lives. So we're going to be, again, we're going to be breaking down part of Proverbs chapter 3. And so I just want to give you this real quick. Because for time reasons, I can't go through all of it that I really wanted to. But I just want to encourage you because, again, this isn't just where God has me at. This is where God has us at as a church, what he's speaking to, into us corporately of learning and, and acknowledging the wisdom of God. And so I'm going to share some with you this morning, but I want to give you an assignment and encourage you to, in your own time with the Lord, to really begin to look at Proverbs chapter 1. One, two, three, and four. Amen? It's so absolutely powerful. It will convict you. It will encourage you. It'll sharpen you. So just as you leave today, uh, man, this next week, really dig into those first four chapters of Proverbs that really speak about the wisdom of God and how we walk in that. Okay? So that's kind of what we're going to be going into. But let's establish this first. We're talking about godly wisdom. So we know that God is... We know that God is omnipotent, right? 
that he is that he is all powerful we know that god is omniscient that he's all knowing that he has infinite wisdom so we have this this understanding at least we know this about god but when you look at these two things together when you combine these two attributes of god of his power and his wisdom this this links together and if we'll grab a hold of it it'll help us understand that he has instant infinite wisdom to move in infinite power. Those two things together are so critical in our view of God. And I've had such a, such a blessing and honor these last couple Wednesday nights to, to be in with our amazing young adults and just sharing the Word of God with them. And the thing that God put on my heart whenever I stepped in there to spend some time with them is a lot of us know a lot of things about God, and we know certain, even His attributes, but we don't always view God that way. Like we know this is how he is and like, like we know he's good, but a lot of times whenever we're going through something really hard or something happened that doesn't make sense to us, right, it's hard for us to view God as good in that moment. And so he's just kind of where he has me at, and I've enjoyed this with him. And, but again, to you guys this morning, it's like in, in, a, in, a, in a big way, like we know God's powerful. We know he's creator, and we know, he's, we, we know that, that he has infinite wisdom, but do we, do, we, do we believe it? Like do we truly believe him this morning, right now, with everything that you have going on in your life, do you truly believe that he has infinite wisdom to move in infinite power? So I want us to lock eyes today on the, on the wisdom, the infinite wisdom of God. In, in Isaiah, in, in Pastor Julianne quoted this this morning, but, but I have it down here, so I'm going to read it again because it fits in with God's heart for us this morning. But in Isaiah 40, 28 and 29, he says, Have you not, not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, that he neither faints nor is weary, that his, think about this, that his understanding is unsearchable, and then it says that he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. In Psalm uh, 147, in verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Infinite wisdom to move in infinite power. That's our God. That's our God. Infinite wisdom to move in infinite power, all right? So what I want to do today is come out of that knowledge and that understanding and lock eyes with, the, with those attributes of God, of who he is, and then I want to I look here in Proverbs now of how that infinite wisdom of God is relevant to our everyday lives and how we're, we're called to live and, and operate and respond and flow in the, in the wisdom of God. So let's jump in here in Proverbs in chapter 3. And again, I encourage you to read all four of these chapters this week and really dig into them. But we're just going to look at, a, at, at these first, I think, um, probably 18 verses of Proverbs. And look at, again, how, how he calls us into his wisdom and how to live in that wisdom, all right? So the first, the first things I want to show you is in the first four verses of Proverbs in chapter 3, and it is that godly wisdom 
How godly wisdom is the, the, the result of obedience in our lives. How godly wisdom is a result of obedience in our lives. So let's read these first four verses, Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let mercy and truth forsake you. Uh, Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So these first four verses right here, all right? First thing is, is that um, often we look at it like this. We look at it like obedience is the result of wisdom. But really, wisdom is the result of obedience, Can we say that again? Wisdom is the result of obedience. In other words, as we walk out the word of God, right, which the word of God is his wisdom, right? It's the wisdom of God. So when we walk out the word of God in obedience, the scripture says we will grow in, we will grow in his wisdom. Just It takes us starting to know the, the word that we have, right? The things that God has said that we know about. And we walk in and we live in and we, 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 we function in obedience to that wisdom. And then as we, as we walk in and function in obedience, then we will grow in the wisdom of the Lord. And the result of that, he says, is that you have favor and high esteem in the sight of God and with man, right? And here's a key to this. The key to this really is in, is in verse 1 where it says, let your, heart, let your heart keep my commands. Let your heart, not just your mind, not just your mind, but your heart. God, I want to please you. I'm not just doing this because this says this, but God, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to please you, Jesus. I, wanna, I want my love for you to be lived out in total obedience. So it says, let your heart keep my commands. So it's not just a, again, it's not just a knowledge of, but it's a heart to obey God in all that we do. And there's this, uh, in, as, as you're reading through these chapters this week, and in chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, and this is powerful, it says, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. As we walk in obedience, there's sound wisdom that he has stored up for us to gain as we walk in obedience to his word. Amen. That's so good. Here's the second thing I'll share with you in verses 5 through 8, and it's that to obtain godly wisdom that we have to stop trusting in ourselves, um, in our own assessment of what is good, and trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. So look at this here now in verses uh, 5 through 8. So it says in verse 5, trust in the Lord. And we know this. This is so, such powerful and so familiar to us sometimes. We don't grab a hold of the depth of it. But it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, and it will be strength to your bones. So this is, this is so good here. So he says, with all of your heart, 
with all your heart, trust in the Lord, trust in his wisdom, trust in, trust in his word. And, and is this so important because guys, we're never going to, we're never going to thrive or really even survive on our own understanding. So he says here, he says here in his wisdom, in drawing us into his wisdom, he says, don't be wise in your, in your own eyes. This is hard. I feel like, I know this is, it sounds simple, but I feel like we, we, we're often wise in our own eyes. He's saying, don't, don't do that. Lean on me. And everything that you do, lean on me. And again, this is hard because when, when, we, when, 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 when our feelings and our emotions are involved, right, then we're typically always right. We are. And so it's like, man, sometimes in those moments when things are difficult and, and our feelings are stirred and our emotions are stirred and there's hurt and there's pain and all these things, it's probably one of the most difficult times in our walk with the Lord to not be wise in our own eyes and to not lean on our own understanding. And so God is so good and he, he has infinite wisdom and infinite power. And he says, guys, I want you to live in my wisdom and I want my power to operate through you and I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And so so he, he says here, don't be wise in your own eyes. Seek his way. Seek my way. His wisdom in everything that you do with all of your heart. There's another uh, really cool verses in chapter 2. I'll just quote them to you. But in chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it says, and, and just let, let, listen to this. so powerful. But it says, when wisdom enters your heart, your heart. Not just your mind, but when it, when it enters your heart, when it enters your soul, when God's word, when God's wisdom enters your heart, and it says when his knowledge is pleasant to your soul, then it says discretion will preserve you. Isn't that, isn't that strong? But I've got to submit to him. I've got to, I've got to submit to not, not, not being wise in my own eyes. I've got, to, I've got to submit to not leaning on my own understanding when my emotions and everything's just going crazy, right? I've got to lean on him, and I've got to let his wisdom enter my heart, and, and I, I want his knowledge and his way to be pleasant to my soul. And he says, as I do that, discretion will preserve me, and understanding will keep me. And those moments of some of the things that you guys are going on, man, we just, we try to figure it out because we're, we're fixers. We, we get in, we put our hands on it. We, we try to control it and we do this and then get God's like, man, you're going to have to step back and trust me in this. You're going to have to not be wise in your own eyes and lean on your own understanding, man. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to lean on me. You're going to have to trust in me. You're going to have to seek my way in this and everything that you do. Man, let, let, my, let my word and let my knowledge and let my way be pleasant to your soul. And discretion is going to preserve you. It holds you. It keeps you. Understanding will keep you. Isn't that so powerful? Godly wisdom. He's so good, guys. He's so good. He's so good of how he wants to lead us. He's so good. His way is always right and it's always perfect. And his ways are higher than our ways. So we've got to trust in him. We've got to do things the way he tells us to do it. His word, his way is so good. Now look at this. Then um, the, the, the next thing here in verses 9 through 12 is that God, God wants to lead us in his wisdom. Let's look at this real quick. Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, verse 9 through 12, you got it? 
okay? So again, flowing through all this together, now he goes in here after telling us, man, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't lean on your own understanding and everything, man. Lean on me. And then he says in verse 9, he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the, with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine, Okay. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as, as, a, as a father, uh, the son in whom he delights. This is so beautiful. I, I want to just look at, look at this for just a moment here and, and some of the things, because there's really three key, key things that, and examples that, that the Lord gives here for us to trust in his wisdom. And so let's just break them down real quick, and then we'll move to the next verses. But first he says, he says uh, in, in leaning on him and not being wise in our own eyes and not leaning on our own understanding, the first thing he says as an example here is he says, honor the Lord with your possessions. So this is godly wisdom. He says, if you want to live in godly wisdom, he says, honor the Lord with your possessions. In other words, all that we have, understand and live with this revelation that all that we have is from him. And he says, use what I give you. Use what I've given to you for my glory. Honor me. Honor me with your possessions. All that you have, honor me with it. And, and, and like, like be thankful. Live with the heart of gratitude of knowing who your supplier is, right? And honor me with those things. Don't let anything uh, be put before me, but honor him. So here's a, he's just laying this first one down, all right? So he's, he's teaching us and he's showing us with all of your heart, man, to, to keep his commands, to live in obedience, right? And as we walk in obedience, that wisdom will grow. And then he steps in and he's talking about not trusting or leaning on our own heart or our own understanding and, 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 and operating out of the wisdom of our own eyes. And he says, okay, now here's a way that you can do that, man. Make sure that you honor me with your possessions, okay? And then, he, and then he, gives the, he gives another one. And then he says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. Again, we're talking, he's talking about godly wisdom, and he's talking about us operating and living by his way, not our own way, not our own, what we think is right, not what makes sense to us, but we do it by his way. In the second one here, he says, honor, honor me, honor me with the first fruits of your increase. What's that? What's he saying here? He's saying, guys, if you want to live and under, under godly wisdom and you want to receive the fruit from that, he says, you're going to have to trust my wisdom with your time. So like out of all the things that God, he could have used as an example, he goes right to the core of man's heart. <laughs> he says, you're going to you're gonna have to trust my wisdom with your, you have to trust my plan for economy, kingdom economy in, in your life. This is important because finances are one of the most difficult things to trust the Lord's wisdom and power with for many people because we, wanna, we, want, we, want, we, want, we want control. We want to decide what to do with it. We worked hard for it, right? 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 So it's like we're trying to see it through our own eyes sometimes. And so we sit down sometimes and we try to, we try to figure it out you know, with a calculator and a notepad, and we write everything out, and expenses and income, and, you know, we, we're looking at this through our, through our natural eyes, and we're like, how can I, how can I pay 10% of my gross income to my storehouse? What's your storehouse? It's your church. 
Your storehouse is the place where you are spiritually fed. It's a place that you're connected to. It's your church family. It's your church body. So he talks about this, and so we were looking at this. I mean, how can I, how can I give 10% of my, of my first increase of my gross income to my church, to my storehouse, and then give offering to ministries that I want to sow into, right? And then still have money left to meet all of my needs. Like, this is, this is, how, this is, this is our own understanding. And if you sit down and try to do it, most of us, on paper, it won't make sense that way. Come on, someone. So it's like he's in this one simple principle teaching us that, man, my way is higher than your way, and if you will trust my wisdom and what I have planned for how you trust me with your tithe and with your offerings and with these things, man, and like just stop leaning on your own understanding, but guys, honor him obedience with your tithe and then with your offering, the seed that you sow into other things, and my goodness, get in the economy of his kingdom, right? And this, here's what he says about this. you got to grab a hold of this because again, we're like, why? why? Why does it have to work that way? But God says, man, you better, you better get in obedience to this. And here's the thing, just like I said to start off with, is, is wisdom is the result of obedience. So if you will get in obedience to this one simple aspect of God's command and will for your life, your wisdom in it will grow and you won't never think of doing anything differently. Amen? There's no way that I would never give, give to God what belongs to him, which is the 10% of my gross income. There's no way I would not. This is the first thing that I do. As soon as I get a check, that's the first thing that comes out of it. Then everything else down from there, the ministries that we support or missionaries or stuff, people we want to help and our own expenses and this and that. And it's God. It's God's economy, man. And this is what he says about it. And this is, this is and I can testify to you on this. He says, do this, do this, operate by my wisdom in this one area of your life, right? And he says, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So that your barns will be filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. A vat was... Now that was the part of the of the of the wine press that 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 the juice from the from the wine that it went into. That's powerful when you think about it, because what he's saying in this is, if you will trust my wisdom. If, you, if you'll honor me with all your possessions, and if you'll trust me with your finances, and if you'll get in obedience to me with your tithe and with your offering, he says, your barns will be filled and your vats will overflow. So it's like, that's literally saying, if you'll trust me in this, I'm going to do a supernatural work in your finances, and as they're squeezing the juice in that wine press, I'm actually going to increase that juice that flows out of those grapes in a supernatural way and the vat that holds that is just going to be overflowing. How many of us can testify that he's an overflowing God when we've been obedient to him with our finances? Amen. And if you're not, man, there, there is no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, man. Shake that off of you right now. But I challenge you to step in to the wisdom of God and begin to give your tithe and offering. Give back to God what is his, which is that 10%. And then look for areas and things that then you can give offering to because that's your seed that you're sowing and you just trust God in this and see that your barns won't be filled and that vats like there will be an increase that'll come from him that you couldn't create on your own 
without being in obedience to God. Amen? So this is just an example that he that he's that he's given us here in the in these few verses right here. And then and then he says the kind of the third thing that he gives in this one principle um, here uh, through verse 12 is he, then he says, Trust my wisdom when I correct you. How many of you like correction? And God says, There's wisdom in my correction for you. And he says, Don't don't despise it because I'm helping you. In other words, he said, don't despise my wisdom because I'm not actually put, I'm not, I'm not pushing you down with my correction. I'm actually pulling you up. Come on. So he's like, don't, don't, don't grab a hold of my wisdom and don't despise, don't despise my correction in any way. My correction is a reflection of my love for you. And I will, I will, through my correction, I will lead you in straight paths. Amen. So powerful. And then, and then, okay, so then let's get back into Proverbs chapter three. And then the, the, the last part of it that I'll share with you uh, on this particular uh, passage today is uh, in, in verses 13 through 18. And, and it says that, that we're urged to desire godly wisdom as something of the highest value. All right, so let's look at this. Um, Proverbs three and now verse 13. And it says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Wisdom will always lead you in peace. The wisdom of God will lead you within peace. When we're not operating in the wisdom of God, it's going to lead to fear. It's going to lead to anxiety. It's going to lead to heaviness. Come on. But he says, all her paths, wisdom, are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are are all who retain her, who retain godly, godly wisdom. So let's just look at this for a minute. It says in verse 13, happy is the man who finds uh, wisdom. Verse 18, happy is the man who retains wisdom. Happy is the man who grows in the knowledge and, and wisdom of God. And then happy is the man that, uh, that retains that, the godly wisdom and applies it, right? And walks that thing out with all of their heart. So, so precious, so powerful. So, the, so what I want us to see in this aspect, because again, it's like we're talking about, we know that he's omniscient. We know that God's wisdom is infinite. We know that he wants to lead us and guide us. But, but I'm looking at how we, as his sons and daughters, walk in that godly wisdom and how we apply it to our lives in the areas that he calls us into. And so one of the principles here in Proverbs chapter 3 in these few verses here is that, that we look at and understand that godly wisdom is of the greatest value in our life. So all the things you desire cannot compare to God's wisdom, it says in verse 14. Now when you think about that for a minute, what do you desire? 
What do you desire? What are, what are the, some of the things in the natural that you desire, man? Nice things, maybe a, a home or a vehicle or this or something, something that you enjoy doing. Or, you know, like we have things, we have wants, we have desires, but God says in his word, man, and, and it's why just viewing him, not just knowing, but viewing him as being omniscient and knowing that his wisdom is, is infinite, man. He says, all things that you desire cannot compare to God's wisdom. So there's this call for us to not just know the wisdom of God, to know about him, that he has this attribute, but that we are called to seek it out, to seek out the wisdom of God, like it's silver, like it's gold, like it's the most precious thing, man, that we're growing in it, that we're walking and living in obedience to it. And then as, as, we're, as we're walking in obedience, then the wisdom of God is growing and maturing in us. And then as the wisdom of God grows and matures, in us, it just becomes like honey within us and it's sweet and then we just want more and we find ourselves on our knees in the presence of God, even more just seeking the heart of God we find ourselves in, a, in his word man, not, not reading a history book or just trying to gain knowledge of something but truly encountering the heart of God in his word, like we're seeking out the wisdom of God how many of you are seeking out the wisdom of God I feel a lot of times it's easy for us to be content on the wisdom that we've gained. But the Bible, as I read to you, says that his wisdom's unsearchable. Like, we'll we'll never fully uh, obtain, we'll never get to the place where God, I know it all now. I've obtained all of the wisdom of God. So, man, wherever you're at in this journey, some of you maybe were like me, man, and you, you come out of the womb, spent three days in the, in, the, in the hospital, and the next Sunday you was in church. Your whole life you've been raised in it. Amen? And you've grown into it. And think, but sometimes, sometimes the, uh, you know, familiarity breeds contentment. Come on. And our hunger kind of begins to, to, to dissipate a little bit. And God's saying, man, I'm a tree of life. I've got so much for you in my word and in my wisdom. And man, you no matter where you're at, you just really scratch the surface. And he's like, keep seeking me out. Keep seeking me out. Keep seeking out my wisdom, man. And I love this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you read this with me because it's so beautiful. But go ahead and you're in chapter three. Just look at chapter four. Real quick, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna just share some other things with you. We'll move ahead. But, but uh, I just love this Proverbs chapter one, two, three, and four, guys. It is it it is so powerful if we would if we would walk in it. But look at look at Proverbs chapter four, and let's just uh, just for time reasons, just a few verses. But jump in at verse four. So Proverbs four and verse four, and 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 it says uh, he also taught me. And said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her as she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Let's read that again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Isn't that powerful? Thank you, God. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away in the words of my mouth. Verse 8, exalt her 
She will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Look at verse eight. We're talking about wisdom. Exalt wisdom. Exalt godly wisdom. Exalt it. Make it of the highest value in your life. Seeking and living under the wisdom of God. Not your own opinion, not your thoughts, not your experiences. Come on, someone. All those things shape us so much and they really limit God in us. We limit God in us because of that. So he says, exalt, exalt wisdom. She'll be a, she, she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. Look at verse 9. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. I just love these verses. When you exalt godly wisdom in your life, which means that you value, you value it above anything else, godly wisdom will promote you. Godly wisdom will bring you honor whenever you embrace it. And I just love this. It says, a godly honor when you embrace it, when you exalt it in your life, it will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. This is what the wisdom of God does. It will will place on your head an ornament of grace. I don't know about you, but I think we all need a greater ornament of grace on our head. Come on, somebody. This is what his wisdom will do. It'll be like a crown of glory. In other words, he's saying, when you embrace my wisdom, when you seek it, when it becomes so valuable to you that you will search it out above and beyond material things, man, he's like, it'll it'll be a a crown of grace on you and a crown of glory. In other words, it will be evident in your life. People are going to be able to see it on your life as you embrace the wisdom of God. Isn't that powerful? Just a few things here in Proverbs in chapter two that God that, that, that open up how we can step in and live in this um, uh, the wisdom of God. Now I want to I want to switch gears just a little bit, and I want to ask you to go into the New Testament, and I want you to go to the book of James, and uh, in chapter three because um, because this is you know this this is our battle. I feel like. Uh, I'm not sharing anything new with you today, really. I'm just encouraging us to step in uh, into what we we know to do because the the battle the battle that we have is is fleshly wisdom, right? Our own wisdom and godly wisdom, and and operating in godly wisdom and not our flesh. But how many know this is a battle with our flesh? especially when we've been through pain, especially when we're dealing with hurt or we've been disappointed or whatever it might be. So James here in chapter 3 breaks down and kind of gives a, a, a you know the an example or or a definition and explains the difference of worldly uh, fleshly demonic wisdom versus heavenly wisdom so let's look at this together in the book of James in chapter 3 starting with verse 13 so James 3 and 13 and this is what it what it says here it says who is wise and and, and understanding among you let, it, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Okay? Then it says this, but, everybody say but. But the wisdom that is from, from above is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, 
It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown, right, planted like a seed. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who, by ho- those who make peace. So, so we're talking about... Uh, you know, not just our knowledge of God as being omniscient, as having infinite wisdom, but how he's called us into learning and growing and living by his wisdom ourselves. Proverbs chapter one, two, three, and four. And now I'm identifying here in, in James uh, this reality of this battle that we have in our flesh that we've got to crucify daily so that we're operating in heavenly wisdom. We're able to identify identify the heavenly wisdom, and then we're able to identify our flesh wisdom when we're operating out of the wisdom of, 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 our, of our flesh. So first he talks about this, and he, he uses the worldly, fleshly. He even calls it demonic, demonic wisdom. And he says, here's what this looks like. It's bitter envy. It's, it's self-seeking hearts. It's, it's, not, it's not preferring the other above you. Um, it's boasting and it's lying against the truth. And, and James says, this wisdom does not descend from above. It's not heavenly, but it's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. We need to make sure that we're really learning to identify when our flesh come on, is creeping up in us and we can begin to identify, man, is there any bitter envy in me? Is, is, this, is my motivation in this, is it self-seeking? Am I boasting? Am I lying against the truth? Am I, are these things, do I see any of this fruit? Amen? And, 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 because, and then he tells us it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic because it's full of, full of deception. And here's the danger. And he says the result of, of operating out of war, worldly or fleshly or demonic wisdom, he says, is where this wisdom is operating, you'll find confusion in every evil thing there. That's powerful. Because it flows out of pride. It flows out of flesh. It flows out of, out of emotions. And then James comes behind that and he says, but, but the wisdom that is from above, heavenly wisdom, God's wisdom, God's infinite wisdom, he says, when you're operating in this wisdom, in godly wisdom, he says it's, it's pure. It's always peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield, willing to yield. How many of you like yielding? You may like to yield. When you pull up to a four-way stop, are you one that likes to yield to the other person? Or are you one that tries to, in that last moment, speed up just a little bit to stop right before they do so you know you can go next? Come on. If you're in the fast lane and you're in, which you, you're not in, well, that's, <laughs> I probably, that might not be a good example. How many of you, we don't like to yield. And then even when, with, with, with people and situations and stuff in our life, again, a lot of times in those moments, man, we're, we're more in our wisdom than godly wisdom, and we're right, and we've got to prove ourselves right, and we've got to make sure that everyone knows that we're right. And God's saying, man, this kind of, this, the wisdom that is, is from above is full of mercy, it's full of good fruits, it's gentle, it's pure, it's peaceable, and it's willing to yield. He says it's without partiality, and it's always without hypocrisy. And guys, this is, this is like, 
the wisdom that God is calling us to live under. Why? Because we're, we're representing him, and this is the very nature of God. It's the very nature of God. And so this is what God, this is what God's infinite wisdom looks like. This is his nature. And this is the, again, this is the wisdom that God wants us walking in. And, and it flows out of humility and it flows out of trusting in his, in his wisdom. Amen. As, pro, as it said there in Proverbs uh, chapter 3, those last few, when, when it talked about correction there. That, 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 that we, we don't reject his, that his correction is even pleasant to us because we know that it's strengthening, that it's growing us. Amen? Wisdom of God. Infinite wisdom of God. He's called us into, to operate in this, to operate in this. The wisdom from above, heavenly wisdom, godly wisdom. Let all of these things be evident in us as we walk and as we live in it. Now, in Romans you don't have to turn to this, but um, I think I'll just quote a little segment in there. But in Romans chapter 11, it talks about God's wisdom uh, being revealed uh, through Israel and how his, and how his knowledge, uh, wisdom, and infinite power, how it prevailed. It prevailed to fulfill his purpose. And it talks there in Romans 11 about how God brings about what he has promised in ways that, that we could never imagine or, or even believe, like beyond our imagination, which is why it's so important that we fully, fully, fully don't lean on our own understanding. We don't, we're not wise in our own eyes, that, we, that we're fully trusting in the wisdom of God, because a lot of times his wisdom is bringing about his promise in a way that doesn't make sense to us. It's beyond our understanding. It's beyond our imagination. This is what it's talking about there in Hebrews 11 and then in, in, or in Romans. And then in verse 36 of Romans 11, it just says this. It says, for of him, for of him and, and through him and to him are all things. Come on. Talking about the wisdom of God and how living in it, operating and flowing in it, man, how it brings about the promises of God in our lives in ways that are beyond our imagination and what we can believe because, because of this right here. For of him and through him and to him are all things. He is, he is omniscient and he is omnipotent. He has infinite wisdom and infinite power to see that through. And I just say, God, Lord, help us live by heavenly wisdom and reject worldly wisdom. Amen? Help us, God. To live out, to live out Proverbs chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. Amen. We need the help. We need the help in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because to live by godly wisdom is to crucify your flesh. Because the flesh is fleshly wisdom. It's what our flesh is always drawn to. So it literally, it literally costs you dying to your flesh and trusting in the wisdom and the heart of God in every area of life that, he, that he's called us into. And as I kind of said earlier, our challenge, I feel like, <coughs> our challenge, I feel like, is do we view him as omniscient when we're in the midst of a trial? When, 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 because I, I don't have a problem, I don't have a problem in my view of God as being good when, when, uh, when wine is flowing out of my vats. Come on, somebody. 
When the promise, when I finally stepped into and received one of the promises of the Lord in my life, like I, He is good, come on, we'll sing that song all day long, and it's powerful, and we'll feel it. But how many of you know whenever, whenever tragedy strikes, man, when you get that phone call or that news or whatever that it is, and, and just every, just in, that, in a split second, all of a sudden, we become consumed. And, and fear, the wall of fear is right there beating, beating on your heart. What about this? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And then all of a sudden, your flesh starts to feed that. And then all of a sudden, this wall of anxiety then begins to build up in us. And, and, and it's our natural instinct when fear and anxiety get linked together, we want to take control. We just do. We just want to instantly take control. How can I fix this? Who can I call? What can I do? Come on. We want to put our hands on it, right? And we get in these situations, and then all of a sudden we're operating out of our own understanding. We're, we're seeing things through, through, our, through, through our own eyes. And so I, I feel like this is our, our greatest challenge in walking this out of, of, the, of, of, of the wisdom of God. And, and wisdom from above, heavenly wisdom, is in the midst of hardship, okay? And so... Uh, so, so when life simply does not make sense is when we must look to him who is the author and finisher of our faith, right? We must trust and cling to him who has infinite wisdom and power, right? And then, and in that, because you've, you're going to have this battle is re, is to reject the temptation to follow your feelings or your emotions, so it's like in those moments, you're going to feel and you're going to hurt and you're going to have emotions and sometimes it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be grief. And in some, th- in some things it might be, it may be anger and some, sometimes it might be rejection. And it's like all of these things are, are part of what is going to flow, ebb and flow through each and every one of us through different seasons in life, man. But it's in that moment and that thing with your children or your adult children or, or your, or your spouse or a church leader or something in the community. It's like, man, it's in that moment right there that, that we are with, with all of our hearts saying, God, I need your heart in this. I need your heart. I need your wisdom in this moment. And we, we reject the temptation, right, to, to follow our feelings, our emotions. So it's like they're, they're there, but we've got to learn to lead them and not let them lead us. Because once you allow your feelings and emotion to lead you, you're operating under and out of worldly, fleshly wisdom. Okay? So God, help us. Help us draw into this, step into this thing. And I love this verse. I'll just quote it, give it to you a bit. It's in, you know, it's in Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2, and you guys are familiar with it, but he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where... Where my help comes from, he, my help comes from the Lord, creator of heaven and earth, who is omniscient. God, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I know where my help comes from. I've got to lift up my eyes because what I have in front of me doesn't look good. What is in front of me, I don't understand. What's in front of me, I'm not sure how we're even going to make it through this. I don't even know how I'm going to make it through, how I'm going to survive this thing, God. But I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up. I'm going to lock eyes with Jesus to where the, the, the one that I know that, that where my help comes from because it comes from the Lord. He's creator of heaven and earth. Amen? I love this. Just one quote. Uh, most of you guys have read different things from A.W. Tozer, but this one quote that he gives that kind of fits in with today's message, but he says, when the goodness of God 
And some of you just, if some of you are going through something really hard right now, and it's hard to understand, and your emotions are just kind of all over the place, hear this. With the goodness of God to desire your highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do you lack? It's powerful. It's like, Lord, let hope be breathed into each person right now going through something hard in Jesus' name. Let them step into into this right now, this truth, God, this truth, that with the goodness of God to desire their highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do they lack, God? What do they lack? Amen. So I want to close with this. I'm going to take you somewhere else if you guys are okay. Uh, actually, right here, we're still we're in James, right? Yeah, but go, go to the first chapter of James. In chapter one. And I want to finish by talking about, about what the scripture says about obtaining, obtaining godly wisdom, walking in this thing, obtaining it. Amen. So let's look at this together. James in chapter one, and look at verse five. You there? He says, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse six, but let him ask in faith with no, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For, for let, let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded man and unstable in all, in all of his ways. All right, so I just want to drop this in. I want to close with this because this is the, the heart of my message today is to stir up, to stir up faith in us, to stir up faith in you, to, to, to stir up, to get you to lock eyes on who your God is, that you don't just know that he's omnipotent, that you view him as omnipotent. And the thing, the very thing that you're facing, that you know, you view him as, as, as all powerful, that, that no matter what you're needing in life, what you're needing help with, that you don't just have an understanding that God is wise, but that you view him as having and being infinite wisdom, right? Like let our faith grow in that because this is so good. In in, in James here, he says, ask God, ask God, ask God who gives liberally. If any of you lack wisdom and we all lack wisdom because we're all growing, we'll never gain all of it. So he says, ask liberally. And here's the key, but, but let him who asks, ask in faith and without doubting. Come on. So this is where we're going to finish this morning because I feel like this is our struggle of, of, of getting out of fleshly thinking and getting into heavenly thinking a lot of times and getting, getting our view of God right, man, and getting that set in our heart, right? Because he says, let him who asks, let him ask in faith without, without da- uh, 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 doubting. And it kind of takes us back to this one verse that has kind of been quoted over and over and over these last couple months, but it's Hebrews 11 and 6. And it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So here's this element of faith that has to be applied for us to grow in 
and mature in the wisdom of God as we're walking in obedience. Amen? So, 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 I, so I'll finish with this. One, we, we've got to believe that he is. We've got to believe that he is. Do you believe that he is? You've had things happen in your life that you didn't understand, that you questioned, how could that, how could this be the outcome? Why, why was there even this injustice? Like, come on, like, like in the big scheme of things, like why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego even have to go through the fire? So there's these things sometimes in life that do challenge us, and, but, I, but I'm bringing us back because the key element of living in and operating in and remaining in the wisdom of God is faith in who he is. And so Hebrews 11.6 draws that home again and says, without faith, it's going to be impossible to please him. It's going to be impossible to walk it out in the wisdom of God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Do you believe that he's good? Everything that's happened in your life has not been good. But do you believe that God is good? Like in the midst of your heart aching, like do you truly believe that God is good? When your children run off, is God still good? When the spouse leaves, is God still good? Come on, man. Like in the deepest things that we feel in this life, in our flesh, do we believe that God is good? Do we truly believe that he is all-knowing and he knows what's best for you? And that as his son or daughter, as you lock eyes with him and walk in obedience, that he will lead you into favor. Amen? Like, do we, do we believe that? Do we believe that he is all, absolutely all-powerful and that his arm, his arm has not been shortened in any way? Come on. Or do we sometimes, do we sometimes, um, do, we, do we sometimes giggle within ourselves like Sarah did when God says you're going to have a baby? We're like, that's not going to happen. Come on. Let me ask you what, do you, what are you looking at right now that in the natural, in the natural, nothing about it makes sense. And actually in the natural, it's impossible. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? What's happening in your family? What's happening in your finances? Come on. What, what walls in front of you than the natural? It's just like, you know, like I know, I know that God is omnipotent. I know that he's omniscient. I know that he's good, but, but yet there's this. You know why? Because God hears that. He, ha- he asked him about it, and she's like, oh, I didn't laugh. And he's like, yeah, you did. And then he said, has my arm, has my arm been, has my arm been shortened? Can I ask you this morning, has his arm been shortened at all? Has it been shortened at all? He's so good. He's all powerful. We have things sometimes that challenge our our view of God, our circumstances and all these different things, the different experiences. But so, so let let me, let me, uh, let me finish with this. And I want to, I feel like I, I want to pray over uh, some of you guys uh, this morning, but you know, I, I, I know this body and I know your understanding and your heart for God. And I feel like in, a, in, in the majority, if not all in this house, like we, we know that God is good. 
And I feel like we know, we know as a house, we know as a family, you know as a son and daughter that, he, that he's omnipotent, that he's all-powerful. You, you know that. I feel like we know, we believe in his word as a house. Like we know he's omniscient. We know that he has, he has absolute infinite wisdom, right? And, and it's, it's important, again, because we, you've got to know that because our faith is, is key in us living in and walking out that wisdom. So my heart for us today is, is, is with that understanding, you know, what the Word said today about how we walk in, in godly wisdom, how we walk in, how we receive the wisdom of God. And so I'm just going to give you these three things I've already shared. I'm just going to remind you of them, so if you want to write them down. But this, this, is what, this is where we grow in the wisdom of God. So the first one was there in Proverbs chapter 2 in, the, in those, those first few verses, and it, it's obedience. It's obedience. It's just starting, starting where you're at in your journey with the Lord and walking in obedience to his wisdom. Walking obedience right now where you're at. So, okay, today I'm going to begin to walk fully in obedience to you, God. And as you, as you live and walk in obedience, the wisdom of God will increase in your life. Okay, so for us of how we how we how we how, how we allow and step into the wisdom of God and letting it be a part of our everyday life, it starts one with obedience. Okay, so st- living in obedience to the word, and then the second thing that He gave us here was was faith. So we have to have faith. We've got to have faith in who He is. So we're we're walking out the word. We're walking out his wisdom. We're walking out his ways because we know his ways are higher than ours and everything that he has planned for us is good. So we're doing that, but we're not just walking it out just nonchalantly, but we're walking it out in faith, knowing that he is good, he is faithful, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's all these things. Come on, I know who he is. I know know that he is all. Everything I need is in God. I know his heart is going to, everything about him. So I'm going to live in this godly wisdom, amen? So we, we, we walk in obedience and then we've got to as we walk in obedience we're, we're, we, we've got to we've got to look at him and lock eyes with him in faith and then in faith then the third thing is is that we're seeking it out Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 through 5 that we're that we're seeking out the wisdom of God so there's these three things that are highlighted in all of these different things that God took us through today that we that in, in gaining and obtaining and maintaining the wisdom of God it takes obedience it takes faith and it takes you seeking it out time alone is you're not going to grow in the wisdom of God because you're aging come on so, so now there, there becomes this hunger and this desire in us to learn, to grow, to increase, to seek it out, to know the wisdom of God is, is greater than any other, uh, obtaining any other desire that I have. So I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to bring my Bible, I'm going to bring my notepad, I'm going to go on Wednesday nights, I'm going to do my, uh, my own Bible studies every day, I'm going to get down, and I'm going to, uh, what, what I gain in his word is going to become the most powerful thing that I could ever obtain in this life. The wisdom of God. And all of a sudden, the study time and the listening and our attention and turning our ear to it because we know that, man, I might not, I might not gain. I've sat in services where someone was preaching and it was good. And, and, but, but all of a sudden, as I was seeking, I was looking for that one thing, those couple things that God wanted to drop into me. And then all of a sudden, because I had my ear turned to him, because I, because I valued his word, I value his wisdom, then all of a sudden, bam, there's that one statement, Selah, that in that day just absolutely 
altered where I was at and picked me up and lifted me up. But then I'm over here, right? And, and Crystal, in that same service, God's wisdom is being released and her ears turning to the Lord because she knows that getting gaining wisdom is greater than gold and silver. And she's just listening and listening and taking in. And all of a sudden, here's this statement. Here's this scripture. Here's this word released in that sermon that all of a sudden just picks her up and promotes her, as it said in Proverbs chapter 2. Covers her, covers her with grace and a crown of glory because wisdom of the Lord was obtained. Come on, man. And like, this is our pursuit. It's obedience, it's faith, and it's seeking out. Everybody say, obedience, faith, and seeking it out. Amen. Amen. We have a hard time with obedience. <laughs> Sometimes we have a hard time in faith because of circumstances that happen. And a lot of times we have a hard time seeking it out because we just... <sighs> I'm not going to, we're just kind of too lazy. We're too, we're too busy. So we just want like, you know, God to naturally, you know, put the USB cable into us and plug it in and download this into us without any effort on our heart. I'm calling you to great effort this morning. I'm calling you to grow in faith and I'm calling you to get every area of your life lined up in obedience to the Lord because what he has for you is so good. It said in Proverbs chapter three or, or four that, that, that when, when we're connected and living by the wisdom of God that we're like a tree of life. Isn't that amazing? God, bring us into your wisdom. Help us to recognize it. And this is just so cool. We, we're gonna, we'll, 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 have to, we'll have to walk this out on a daily basis because as long as we are on earth, our flesh is here, right? So our flesh is always gonna be there fighting, fighting for us to respond or to react or to, to move, to function, to live by, by our worldly, fleshly uh, understanding and wisdom. And then God's right there saying, man, I've got it all for you right here. And not only have I already given it to you, but I'm still speaking, I haven't stopped yet. I love that scripture. It says uh, he, ha he has a storehouse of treasure built up for the righteous. It's like, ah, I don't know about you, but I want that treasure. How many want the treasure of the wisdom of God? Amen. Amen. Well, should we stand with me? And I'll have the worship team come. I want to maybe just have just a minute, uh, moment of worship. And, and I want to pray over, over uh, you this, this morning in the house. But I'm just grateful, God, calling us into, into his wisdom, into his understanding, to recognize uh, when we, we operate and have operated in our own, our own natural wisdom and that we correct that, that we get out of that, that we learn from it. Amen. And step into the wisdom of God. Lord, lead us and guide us. Help us in this, Lord. We trust in you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to read this to you real quick while they're getting ready. And I'm going to worship and pray for you. But Proverbs chapter 2, just verses 1 through 5 says, My son, if you receive my words and... You treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to, to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding. Here's the seeking that God's calling us into. He says, if you cry out for discernment and if you lift up your voice for understanding, 
Verse 4, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. Obedience, faith, and seeking it out. Obedience, faith, and seeking it out. I'm going to have uh, Craig and the team, we're just going to have a time of worship. Uh, I, would, I just want to invite you to come and spend some time in prayer if you need to. I want to invite you to, if you have a need this morning uh, and you need prayer for healing in your body or or something that you're going through, if you just want to kind of kind of want to come and stand right here, then uh, Pastor Jason, Julianne, some of the leaders will come and pray for you. But but everybody, uh, listen to this real quick because I want to pray for some of you specifically this morning. But uh, if you're if you're in a seat, we all know that we this is for every one of us. But I talked about the difficulty of operating the wisdom of God is when we're going through a hard time. So I, I just want to give an invitation this morning. If 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 you're in something, if you're going through something, your family's going through something that ha, that is extremely difficult, and and you wanna you wanna make sure that you're operating in the wisdom of God. Come on, you wanna get godly wisdom in it, man. You want to get in obedience to him. You want you want to ask him in the morning to help get your family through that, to get you through that thing. That I think I would just ask you to kind of come and stand uh, maybe over here on this side. And I just want to pray for all of you together. There's God, we need your wisdom. We can't get through this thing on our own, God. We're going to trust in you. Amen. So if you're here this morning, you need that, just come down quickly, stand down here, and we'll we'll have we'll have prayer here in just a moment. Amen. So you just come as you need to. Right now. So Jesus, I love you and we honor you. We thank you for your word today, God, as a whole body, God, as a church family. God, we thank you for, for your revelation this morning. God, we understand your wisdom. You are, you are omniscient, God. You are omnipotent, God. You are good, God. We Grace 
you for joining us this week. Until next time, 